Dead or alive. <laughs> Sorry, I won't do it anymore. If you live in Michigan, particularly if you're in a suburb of Detroit or close to Detroit, yeah. you love RoboCop. Sometime between 2013 and 2016, an online crowdfunding started right. to build a statue of RoboCop <laughs> yeah. and put it in Detroit. The statue's sitting, ready to go. In your backyard. I, it's an 11-foot-tall bronze statue. And, As God and, intended. And, and, it should it, be gold. and it needs a home. Yeah. I put it right on the front, <laughs> front porch. Oh, man, that would be amazing. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Our mission is to take you on a most excellent adventure through time. Buzz in the Tower is so much more than a podcast. It's the map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. And all you have to do is sit back, listen, and repeat after me. Klaatu! Barata! <clears throat> Buzz in the Tower answers the questions you didn't even know you had. Like who would win in a fight, John Rambo or Hans Gruber? Or who is dreamier, Jake Ryan or Marty McFly? So as we rank, debate, and offer fresh takes of the best of the best from 80s cinema, please remember... Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to a podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Don't forget to subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For bonus content, you can find us on all social media channels by searching our handle at Buzz in the Tower. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us with topics you'd like us to talk about, visit our website, buzzinthetower.com. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Verde Media. Max, I couldn't be happier with the way our website looks. So good. Yeah, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website yet, you need to right away. These guys, website development, online marketing, they are outstanding. Am I exaggerating at all? It is so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend having them build you one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, look, they're the best of the best. And working with John, uh, their owner, a self-admitted 80s martial arts movie nerd was an absolute joy. Is that why you said the best of the best? That is why I said yeah. that was a tip of the hat to John. Um, they're more than our sponsor. They're our partner. And if you are looking to build a website, they are the group to go to. Uh, find their link on our website and check them out, Verde Media. Today's episode, Top 11 80s Sci-Fi Movies, Part 2. Last week on Buzz in the Tower, we covered 11 through 6. Akira, Tron, They Live, The Last Starfighter, Escape from New York, and Dune. This week, we're going to get to the heart of our sci-fi romance with our top five. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the Jonesy the Cat to my Ellen Ripley, Max Sanders. And with that, that's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. What are we going to do? We better get back because it'll be dark soon. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. Woo! Oh, top five. <laughs> Feeling good. Woo! I don't feel like your voice cracked enough on the man. Game over, the man. man. The man is like, man. I can make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
I can make it. Oh, top five. Yeah. Top five. I'm alive. <laughs> Woo. Woohoo. These are more your picks than mine. Absolutely. Because I am, <laughs> I, I, I asserted myself. You're, Dune. You're at, the Galactus. You're after, the planet eater. It's true. After show. you, after you picked Dune, I was like, I am going to <laughs> jam all of my favorites into the top five because I hate Dune. I don't hate Dune. That's such a strong thing to say. Like, like I don't feel about Dune the way you do about the Goonies. Like, I don't want people to feel I like that way. the Goonies. I like the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't stand you. All right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Max, as always, welcome to the show. Hi. Before we dive in. You you are you are dressed to the nines oh, today. Oh yeah. We've got ourselves another incredible set of shirts. Compliments of 80stees.com. Visit them and consume. <laughs> yeah, I looked in the mirror. I was like, great Scott. I look uh, good. Well, let's start. <laughs> let's start. Max has got on the hill hill valley t-shirt yeah i said that right i said that right there you go you can read it yeah there you go a little back to the future and i don't tell everybody what i've got max oh you have the whaling corp shirt from from a little from a little film series called aliens one day amazon's gonna be whaling corp that'd be great what if amazon changed their name to whaling and they just started having androids do everything synthetics a synth yeah synths no synthetics yeah maybe whatever yeah synth music you're in a synth (laughs) yeah another again these shirts are great you'll see a picture of it we we just love our partnership with these guys and they just keep sending us great stuff don't forget if you're looking for a father's day gift that is your one-stop shop and they're really comfy very comfy good material shirt yep absolutely absolutely so with that plug out of the way top five 80s sci-fi movies let's go a quick reminder on the horrible rules that i put forth on this movies like back to the future predator goonies goonies <laughs> goonies sci-fi yeah kind of they're, sci- they're science data sci-fi. data's got uh you know science <laughs> oh my god we 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 didn't use Dad movies. We didn't use movies. We didn't use movies like Predator and Back to the Future the because Terminator. the Terminator. Why didn't we do Terminator? What was our reasoning behind that? Because it was More an action slash, film for a slasher. Okay, yeah. cyber noir. Uh, look, there's no reason. We're just we're dumb. And we didn't use Blade Runner because you haven't seen it. <sighs> that's that's not true. It's because I I already know I don't like it. Um, Whoa! <laughs> Seriously? You can't tell people that I didn't see Blade Runner. That's like yeah. when I would tell people that you didn't see Goonies and then you saw it, didn't like it. We just did that five seconds ago. We talked more about the Goonies in our sci-fi top five <laughs> episode than anything else. I love it. It makes us unique. We tried to stick to movies that we considered to be heavy sci-fi first, everything else second. So 75% right. sci-fi. Or, or that you wouldn't associate it with like comedy first, sci-fi second, right. action first, sci-fi second. We break our own rules. That's what we do. But basically that's how we kind of navigated through yeah, this. And, keep to, us sane, and today kind of. we're going to hit up our top five. Yeah. And this is a big list. Yeah, I'm very these are there are some monsters on this list. Well, sci-fi, they're the biggest movies of all time. All are sci-fi, right? Have you heard the story about Will Smith and his career? I've not heard the story about Will Smith and his career. When he started making movies. Was he getting jiggy with it? <laughs> God, that's a me joke. Good <laughs> so when he was starting to make movies, he looked at the top 10 grossing movies of all time and found eight of them had aliens in them. So he's like, I'm going to do alien movies. So Independence Day, Men in Black. So, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Very yeah. smart. Savvy. Yeah. Very savvy. He got jiggy with it. He did. Uh, are we ready to jump right in? Yeah. Yes. The no Will Smith. In the one. fifth. Yeah. The fifth. Our top five today at number five. 
you're going to hear this a lot in our top five because as Max pointed out, I jammed my favorites into this. But this is, I love this movie. I love this Ooh, movie. Can I start it out? No, watch. I won't even say the movie, but it'll get into it. Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? And if you gaze long enough into an abyss, the abyss also gazes into you. Oh. Goose pimples. Nice intro. 1989, The Abyss, directed and written by James Cameron, whose name you are going to hear a couple times today. Yep, have to. Ed Harris, Mary Elizabeth Mastantonio. Hard name to say. Michael Bean, who is a staple in The Beanhive. The Beanhive. He's a staple. You know, I reached out to him on Cameo to try to get him to come on the show. <laughs> really? Yeah. Didn't hear back from him, but that's okay. I hard to work, work with. If you're listening, please. <laughs> I know, right? If you're listening, Give us a call. You can't talk about sci-fi movies without him. I mean, he yeah. just shows up in all of them. Yeah. Kyle um, Reese. Right. You've got Terminator, The Abyss. The well, Rock. You've got <laughs> Aliens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Rock. <laughs> He's in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> You're not very interested in that. No. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> There's a lot to yeah. there's because there's a lot to go over. Uh, yeah. I want to talk about the abyss. I love the Mandalorian though. Yeah. All right. It's good. It's good. We're good. We're good. Just <laughs> great just, start. Just focus. You're good. You're good. Diving team. There's a diving team. There's a diving team. What were they enlisted for? Max, just be quiet. Okay. Ed Harris. Trying to get us on track. Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth Mastantonio are formerly married petroleum engineers who still have some issues to work out. That's the intro. You like that? <laughs> Probably shouldn't have married that beat. Probably it's not. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are drafted to assist a gung-ho Navy SEAL, Michael Bean, with a top secret recovery operation. A nuclear sub has been ambushed and sunk under mysterious circumstances in some of the deepest waters on Earth. Yeah. Is this the prequel to Titanic? <laughs> this is what he, so James Cameron growing up was fascinated by deep sea stuff. Right. Jacques Cousseau, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And it kind of manifests into this and then it moves into, into uh, Titanic later. This movie, I have, I, it's not even a complaint. But there's one part about this movie that cracks me up. What? One of the guys that's on the ships on the top of the water uh -huh. is played by, do you know who Chris Elliott is? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, Chris Elliott's awesome. He is. It's so hard for me to see him in a serious role. He can be a serious thing. I know, but he's in Manhunter. I know, but it's so hard for me to see him in a serious role because all I think about is something about Mary yeah. and Cabin Boy. I know you've never seen Cabin Boy. No, I've seen Boy. Cabin Boy. You've seen yeah, Cabin it's Boy? so weird. Yeah, yeah, I can't, like, I have such a hard time envisioning him in a serious role. Yeah. That's it. That's all Expand I got. Expand your mind, bro. <laughs> Chris Elliott's cool. He is. We, don't, we spent 30 seconds on Chris Elliott. Maybe we should spend 35. <laughs> this movie's. So I gave you the quick synopsis of this movie, but basically they're trying to understand what's going on in the sub. They've got uh, Navy SEALs with them. While they're going, their yeah. While yeah, they're getting uh, what is it called? Pressure deep sea, deep sea psychosis or something. Yeah. The special effects on this are incredible. Unbelievable. Uh, which they end up spilling over into what you see in Terminator Two. Yeah. Um, with well, the, the practical effects too, with like kind of the machinery. It's like, it feels like aliens yeah, too, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like Cameron's got a style. The suspense, uh, just the anxiety of knowing they're all trapped underwater. Oh, everything's 10,000 times more stressful yeah. because it's like, are they going to run out of oxygen? The water's moving up. Well, you know, the, one of the reasons they say Jaws was so successful is that one of the most primal fears that people have is being attacked and eaten by an animal. And yep. the, another one is drowning. Yep. Drowning is like a very anxious. I oh mean, my just, God. Our, our brain is programmed. You know, two thirds of the earth is filled with water. We're programmed to be scared of drowning. Yeah. When is that accurate? Is it two thirds? I think it is. It's a lot. So it's a lot, a lot of water. <laughs> There's blue whales in there and we don't know where they are. That's a lot of water. Yeah. That's a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's my that this is our stinger. Just so you know, that's our stinger. There's blue whales in there. Uh, that's science. We still don't hey, know that science we, fiction. We that's still science. Know migration patterns. I love it. This movie is great because the actors and actresses are fantastic in this. I love Ed Harris. Right. This is um, the best role. Right. 
Westworld. I love him in Westworld. He's so angry. I love Ed Harris <laughs> in Westworld. Is you when you're older? <laughs> Big time. I'm, no, he's a horrible... That's like the meanest thing you've ever said to me. So... They go down into the water. Again, this is one of those movies where as a science fiction movie, there's some larger themes that are addressing like the world and war and when they eventually make contact with the aliens and How the aliens. How react. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, everything about this from the technology to the remote controlled submarines yeah. to, you know, the, the scene where that rope, when it's about to cut the rope oh or God, grab yeah. the rope, yeah. like, you, you, like you're, you're white knuckling while you're watching yeah. it. James Cameron crushed it, man. I mean, uh, people are mixed about the abyss. Everybody complains about like the ending and the ending they cut and the big tidal wave and yeah this is one of those movies where you get a lot of people complaining about how it ended but i love this movie start to finish it's interesting because it's a little disjointed it's the alien message mixed with the humanity stresses sure like it could have been just a practical movie where they're just trying to survive underwater you could have left all of the alien yeah. messaging out of it and it still would have been a great movie exactly. i agree with that so I it's agree like with that. it's incongruous Incong- i know i like that Congruous, yeah, yeah, yeah sure your, why not in your head it got very spielbergian at the end yeah like did. having to have this like overarching moral lesson you know et Close phone encounters. home, close encounters. Yes, yeah. I agree, but it's still a great movie. Oh my God. And there's some really cool facts about this. So, well, so I mean, 40% of it was filmed underwater. Right. Well, yeah. so let's even go back to that for a second. They found in uh, Gaffney, South Carolina, yep. Duke power officials abandoned a $700 million power plant. <laughs> Nuclear and they, power plant. Yeah. And they flooded it with seven and a half million gallons of water. Yeah. Uh, it was a 55 foot deep vessel that was the biggest freshwater tank in the world. Yep. Like, like think about that. You're making a movie. You're not curing cancer. Like they, they had the largest water tank in the world yeah. set up for this movie. It's That's for Nolan stuff. It's yeah. just like, I want to do it because I can do it because it's there. The actors and actresses hated this, hated this movie. So they wouldn't even go and like support it afterwards because it was so grueling and brutal. You know, to what, have it to deal with? They, they, you know what they nicknamed it? No. The abuse. <laughs> Jesus. Have you heard Ed Harris been interviewed about this? No. So he goes, asking me how I was treated on the abyss is like asking a soldier how he was treated in Vietnam. Well, he almost drowned. Yeah. That's one of the he things punched, too. He punched Cameron in the face afterwards. Yeah. yeah, he almost drowned. And also the scene where, which was easily one of my favorite scenes, right? Where he's saving his wife and he's screaming at her. You never and giving back her CPR. away from anything in your life. Yeah, she has a now strong fight, heart. She wants fight, to live. Fight. Come on, Linz. Come on, baby. Yeah. Zap her again. Do it. Nine Kill minutes. me. I'm yeah. here. Do it now. <laughs> I'm here. Kill me. <laughs> wrong, wrong movie. Yeah. Okay. But it's intense. You got yeah. me all fired up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got to take a deep breath. No, Ed Harris screaming. I'm, I'm always on board. Yeah. For that. He, they went through that whole scene yeah. and he was like really hitting her. Yeah. And the camera broke halfway through the scene Shut up. and she was like, not happy that they had to go through <laughs> yeah. that whole thing again. I mean, he's hitting her. I mean, you can see it. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, so that scene's great. They, so every cast member had to be a certified diver. Have I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was studying abroad in Australia, I got huge into scuba diving. No way. Yeah. So I had to become, I had to go through advanced uh, scuba diving certification and it's no joke. Yeah. I mean, like the basic one is pretty easy, but deep diving and the stuff they had to do. Wait, they compress. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's wild. So the, every cast member had to do that. Here's something really wild. When the rat was breathing water. Yeah. He was actually breathing water. Yeah, it's the fluoxetine or yeah. whatever it is. They had to, you know, they cut away quickly from the rat. Do you know why? Cause he, Cause, cause he pooped. <laughs> they didn't want to show the rat pooping. Yeah. 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 It's PETA too. Yeah. And uh, I, got, I got the name right, wrong, by the way. It's oxygenated fluorocarbon. Oh, all right. There yeah. you go. You it's better have that right. You got to yeah. have that right, Max. Well, no. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's uh, a technique discovered by Dr. John Johannes Kilstra and Dr. Peter Bennett at Duke oh, University. Oh, great work. Yeah. yeah. I follow their Shout work. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Science fiction. And this is pretty wild too. 
you don't see this happen very often on sets because there's just so many risk factors involved. But the scene where Catfish is shooting uh, Bean's character is taking off in the sub yeah. and Catfish shoots into the pool of water. Real live bullets. Shut up. That's all real. Okay. Yeah, they took a, a ton of safety precautions, but they were shooting bullets into the freaking water. Isn't yeah. that wild? So would you be on a film crew with James Cameron? Because he risks himself. Right. You know, he almost died, too. Yeah, there was yeah, a decompression yeah. thing where someone thought he was panicking. He had to punch a guy to go up to the surface, and he breathed out the water. Yeah. So he de- didn't, like, kill himself. Yeah. Would you go? I mean, like... It's, he does great work. I mean, you can't deny everything he like does a, is amazing. You're like a football coach. You want to be pushed forward. A little you know? bit. Yeah. A little bit. I, I wouldn't mind I being... I know. You're I like, you're like, just give me Weekend of Bernie's. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, it's good. Um, part of the reason that I happen to like this movie as much as I do is the bond of the crew. I mean, you really feel like they've been worked with each other forever. They know each yeah. other. You know, all the characters are really well done. Even the Navy SEALs, like the turn of character, they understand they're doing something wrong. And then you get to the alien interactions and they're just amazing. The water. Because yeah. this is before T2, right? So yeah. you've got like the this water the tentacles, yeah. the liquid stuff. It's just the really, really cool. Sticking out our tongue. And then the score, the music of this, it's just yeah, powerful orchestra. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I So I'm glad that I was able to muscle my way into having this on our top five. You love, I love this, movie, this movie, I think, more intensely than it should be out of any movie I know for you. I, it's true. I don't know why. Yeah, I just it's, really it's love this movie. Yeah, it's, yeah, this is like one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Yeah. Max, you have anything else to add? James Cameron seems mean. I uh, I do love when they think that uh, Brigman's dead and all of a sudden on his little keyboard thing, it says oh, yeah. Virgil Brigman back on the air. Yeah, <laughs> That's how we should have done the intro. That would have been great for the intro. Virgil Brigman back on the air. Not enough people get it. No, you're right. But who cares? <laughs> uh, all right. That is our number five pick, The Abyss. And that takes us to... Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. Are you going to do it or me? So I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going to let you do it. I have a fact about this movie that is going to blow your mind. Really? Blow your mind. Okay. This will be the best fact we've ever brought on the show. Did you bring Rami on ale with Are, you? No, this is good. This is, is going to blow your mind. <laughs> Max, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan 1982. Gone! Had to do it. Do I even need to tell you who's in this movie? William Shatner, yeah. Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Duhan, Walter Koning, Cronkite. Chekhov. I can't remember how to say Chekhov's last name. George Takai. Uh, and then you got some, uh, you got Christy Alley. Yeah. And Ricardo Montalban oh as Khan. And Max, you do realize that the best role ever played by Ricardo is not Khan. No, it's this. No, it's not. The fake chest and all. No, no. It's Vincent Ludwig from The Naked Gun. No. <laughs> Come this, on. This do, so... do you remember him? Yeah. From the... I'm kidding. Obviously, okay. it's Khan. Okay. I'm very I just, upset. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should have done this for The Abyss. Okay. So I screwed up. But we should mention that one of the things, and we'll talk about it briefly, one of the things that I love about sci-fi movies is sci-fi movies and action movies do something very similar. They retread all of the actors in all the movies. Yeah. So like we talked briefly about uh, Michael Bean, right? So Michael Bean is in Aliens, Terminator, you know, like all these movies, right? Yep. You're going to, and Star Trek's not the best example. I was mostly being tongue in cheek about well, the naked gun. Back. Right. But like, it's incredible as we get through more of these, the seven degrees of separation that some of these characters have in all these sci-fi movies. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that. It's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Absolutely. So Star Trek Wrath of Khan. <sighs> As Admiral James T. Kirk, William Shatner, and Captain Spock, Leonard Nimoy, monitor trainees at Starfleet Academy, another vessel from the United Federation of Planets is about to try out the planet-creating Genesis device. Can I cook or can I cook? In a seemingly deserted portion of space. In the process, two of Kirk's officers are captured by Khan, an enemy of Kirk... Thought, thought he'd never see again. Uh, once more, Kirk takes the Enterprise's helm where he meets Khan's ship in an intergalactic showdown. It's so good. Are you ready to have your mind blown? 
We're doing that now? Yeah. Okay. Are you hit ready? Me. Hit me. Leonard Nimoy is related to me. Shut up. Yeah. He's a relative of mine. What? I mean. <laughs> you look so confused. Yeah. So my, I can't even, it's, it's a very long story, but you know, my cousins that live in Portland and Seattle. Yep. So the two girls, uh, the twins, their mom's family by second marriage, Leonard Nimoy married into their family. Did you ever meet him? I did at my, Shh. at my youngest, at my, uh, my cousin's bat mitzvah. When I went out there, uh, God, I must've been in college or almost in college. And that's where I found this out. Cause I looked over and I was like, that's Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> I introduced myself to him and was like, Did so you do the hand thing? Uh, no, I know I, I was, I was so overwhelmed and he was, he couldn't have been nicer. Right. Yeah. So I was trying to play it cool. We were at my cousin's bat mitzvah. It wasn't the time or place for he me. He was a funny dude. Super nice guy. So I went up to him and said, introduced myself. I said, we're family. And he said, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I was like, all right, he didn't, he didn't run away. So yes, I wanted to let you know I am related to Leonard, the late great Leonard Nimoy. I'm in the presence of royalty. You're in the, basically, I basically am Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Oh my God. Even though there's no blood, it's all, uh, marriage. You but have no spot qualities, though. None. None. <laughs> I'm not logical. I'm not no. calm. Yeah, you're Kirk. Yeah, I am definitely uh, an egomaniac who <laughs> Don't loves to hear his own voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am for sure the guy who would cheat the Kobayashi Maru. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't believe in a no one scenario. You're basically Kirstie Alley. You're like, you know, you're Spock's protege. Yeah. You know, you know, she slept with her ears on to get into the role. Do you know that she grew up as a little girl fantasizing about being Spock's daughter? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fantastic. She's great in this. She is really good in this. Everyone is. This is like a real movie. So do you feel the campiness at all? I, I don't. I don't. And here's the thing, too, is like most people believe you either have to be a Star Wars or a Star Trek. And we no, obviously I we didn't put Empire Strikes Back on here because, again, I think Empire Strikes Back is one of the best movies ever made and it is technically sci-fi, but this movie, Star Trek 2, just stinks of sci-fi, whereas Empire Strikes Back to me feels like an action-adventure movie first. Yeah. This is sci-fi. No, it feels like the CD eels that are like going in the brain. In the brain, the yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I said, sci-fi needs to be grosser than you think for like 10, 20% of it. Totally agree. Oh my God, the mind control stuff. So as much as you love Kirstie Alley, do you know who almost had this role? No. Kim Cattrall. That could have worked. Yeah. And she actually later on did uh, get a role as a Klingon or oh. not as a Klingon. Jesus. All of my Star Trek nerds are murdering me right now uh, as a Vulcan. Oh, nice. I'm trying to think. So she was in Star Trek six, whatever, whatever number six. I lost meant. count. Yeah. <laughs> this I, is I, the best one, though. Can we agree on oh, that? Unquestionably, this yeah. is the best one. Khan's crew. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you know about this? The Chippendales dancers? They're all Chippendale dancers. <laughs> they look great. They do. They all had to be genetically you know, superior beings, so they got Chippendale dancers, now, which do is you, so funny. Do you believe the fake chess rumors for Ricardo Montalban? Yes. <laughs> I do I love stuff like that. I do believe that he is great. He's just vengeance and wrath. Well, and do and you passion. know, like the hatred between him and Kirk, is just so palatable. And I love like you're looking at a screen and you're battling someone wit for wit in a spaceship. It was really hard for him to get into this role because, you know, that this is a he reprised his role. He was con a decade and a half earlier in an episode. Oh, I oh, didn't you didn't know, know that? Didn't know oh, yeah. That. So that's this is what I love about Star Trek yeah. is that like they they had an episode where he played Khan. Yeah, uh, it was about 15 years earlier and they brought him back. Now, this time he was uh, oh, on that show, Fantasy Island, maybe or yeah. whatever. He had Blaine, a plane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he was he, he had such a difficult time changing from like this really nice yeah. hotel, you know, uh, host tan skin. Yeah. Hello. Hello. To, to this. <laughs> but and, and he you're right. He made the movie. The whole movie's great. Just like the bond between Spock. The the only argument I would make on which is the best when when Spock when you think he's dead yeah. and then he comes back in three you don't it's, know you it's don't, great yeah you don't know the that search then. for Spock right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah when Spock dies I freaking lose it every time yeah I mean when Kirk gets choked up he's like of all the souls I have encountered in my travels his was the most human yeah 
the way he dies too is just so profoundly him. It's like the sacrifice of the one for the many. Yeah. It's just like logical. It's just perfect. It is. Yeah. Um, and when they put their hands on the, Oh my God, yeah. I'm getting teary eyed right now. The, the whole, the whole idea of the Genesis project, right? Yeah. Starting life from nothing, uh, that they drop it on that planet. Um, additionally, it was kind of wild to me. Not a lot of people realize this, but, uh, this movie was the first film that had a fully CGI rendered sequence in it. People had used it other times, but this is the full, full sequence done just by CGI. It was this is the first movie to do it. They did a good job too. It feels real. The thing about Star Trek that's kind of cool is that everything. If you just look at the ship and the special effects, it's campy. Yeah. But that speaks to how great the story and the acting is because it didn't feel that way. Like no. to your earlier point about this being one of the better ones. Now, my heart tells me my favorite Star Trek is the one with the whales. I don't know why. I just love no. that one. I know. Yeah. I know. I love that one. But I mean, they're quoting Moby Dick at the end. That's 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 literally <laughs> Khan's last line. I spit my last breath at thee. Oh, Khan. Yeah. Khan, Khan, Khan. Best, best sci-fi villain of all time. Wow. Human. That, human. He's most, not, he's not, human. Is, is he human? Humanoid. Humanoid. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think so. Let's just put that in our pocket. That might be a yeah. conversation. All right. So we're on to, we're, we're past this. We're on to number three. Are you we, ready? We couldn't disclude the big guy in all this. <laughs> oh man. I can't believe we picked this one out of all of his. Stuff. I am not the least bit surprised that we picked yeah. this one. I love, again, I totally jammed our top five. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> except Star Trek two, Star Trek two, like I really like, and you made a good case for why we should put it in the top five, but this one at number three, Max. Yeah. The running man. Oh, 1987 boy. directed by Paul Michael Glazer. But by the way, Paul Michael Glazer was like the ninth guy that they hired. They fired like all these other directors. It feels it. like it. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> all right. So the running man, the year is 2019. Yeah. America is a totalitarian state where the favorite television program is the running man, a game show in which prisoners must run to freedom to avoid brutal deaths. Having been made a scapegoat by the government, an imprisoned Ben Richard, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> has the opportunity to make it back to the outside again by being a contestant on The Deadly Show. Although the twisted host, Damon Killian. Killian! <laughs> Killian! I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> I wish I, I wish we, I w this is the one episode where I wish we could do explicit content so yeah. I could quote like, Richard I hope Thomas. you left some room <laughs> in your stomach. <laughs> Oh man, sorry, I lost my track. Uh, Damon Killian, Richard Dawson has no intention of letting him escape. No, this not. this movie is is magic. <laughs> I love this movie so much, Max. Oh, it's it's great, Arnold, because it's campy as all hell. Yeah, I mean yeah. the catchphrase is like when he destroys Fireball. How about a light? <laughs> so or the Sub Zero one. Here's your Sub Zero now playing Zero. Does that make any sense? None at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. So this is based on a novel. And when they originally purchased the novel, this is... Do you know it is, yeah, right? Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So Rob Cohen purchased the rights to Richard Bachman's novel. Never heard of him. Ha never heard of him. Yeah. Having no idea that Richard Bachman was a pen name. Pseudonym. Pseudonym, thank you, for Stephen King. <sighs> yeah. Has Stephen King written 90% of movies? I, everything we, he does. I mean, and at some point. We need to do an episode. On Stephen. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Stephen King's influence on 80s films. We'd be here for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so Cohen was just married to this idea, which is why there were so many directors. He, he's the one who kept on cycling. Oh, he didn't like, yeah, he didn't like what they were doing and he thought it should be different. There's a lot of really great stuff going on in this movie. Small things that I think are wild. Uh, the big dance scene at the beginning. Yeah. Choreographed by Paul Abdul. I love that. Who, yeah. Paul Abdul is to choreographing <laughs> an 
eighties, what King. Stephen King is to novels. We can I mean, do a combo of both of them. Oh my god, Paula and Stephen. Yeah, what you got? What a great buddy film, <laughs> Paula and Stephen. I love it. On the road, dancing and riding. So you have your main evil gladiator characters, right? Yep. You've got Dynamo. I don't you, like Dynamo. No, so let's talk about Dynamo first. Okay, Dynamo. <laughs> He's got the rave body lights. Dynamo. His name is Erlan Van Litt. Sure. He was a classically trained Helden baritone opera singer. Okay, so that's that's why actually singing. him yeah, singing. Okay. Yeah, isn't yeah. that wild? Yeah. Sub Zero. Yep. Also called in the movie Professor Sub Zero. When they introduce him, do <laughs> yeah. you remember that? Yeah. Tip of the hat to who he was as a wrestler, which is Professor Tanaka. That's awesome. Which I thought was great too. The skiing, I mean, no, the hockey thing for him was so random. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't look like a dude who could skate. Uh, you got Jim Brown as yeah. Fireball. Uh, Fireball. Um, which With was the weird hair. Super weird hair. <laughs> You've got Ventura as Captain Freedom. The purest of battle kind of Ventura. Uh, and He's you know, so great in this. Do you know, His workout videos pump me up. Do you know in Predator, they purposefully kept Ventura away from Schwarzenegger because yeah. Ventura's like 6'5", and they didn't want to make Schwarzenegger look like tiny. 60-pound difference. So yeah. when they're like actually like fighting in the kind of computer-simulated fight, you can see like Arnold's tiny. Yeah, isn't that it's, wild? It's bizarre. It's super bizarre. And then Killian we talked about, which how great is that? The yeah. host of Family Feud. And he, well, he was, did a bunch of other stuff aside from family feud right he's the family feud guy he said he would take the role but he just as long as they didn't have him swear so he wasn't good. He could be evil. He could be bad, but he didn't want to use he was bad perfect, language. Yeah. He was absolutely perfect. Buzzsaw, uh, you forgot, by the way. Buzzsaw. Uh, How could I forget Buzzsaw? That is like steroids defined in the 80s. He's yeah. just that big rubbery look to him. Absolutely. Like, and, and, really, his, yeah. and his motorcycle, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maria Conchita Alonso as Amber, the love interest eventually, which Kinda, is wild. Yeah. It just got She's thrown great. in at the end. She was great. Yeah. I love her in Moscow on the Hudson. She's the Italian girl. Yeah, you're right. She's great. Right, with uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's great in general. I've not seen that movie forever. Oh, you got to see it. I knew. I do. Yeah. It's been a long time. Well, let's do Stalkers. Let's talk more stalkers <laughs> no no actually we, we did it all we did it all yeah. but but more more kind of more fun things the announcer phil hilton is the voice of squidward I, from spongebob I, SpongeBob. yeah, yeah. That isn't that wild yeah. i didn't know yeah. that so this was originally scheduled for release in july of 87 they pushed it back four months because you know what else released in july of 1987 yeah. yeah can you imagine both just came out in the same month i, I wouldn't have let the movie theater i, I would have one ticket to stay just, for 12 yeah, hours absolutely <laughs> uh, uh was it quite the double feature double feature six times over yeah. i would just go back and forth oh, and back man. and forth like ping that's, pong. that's great my favorite fact about this movie shut up you got more i have one yeah the show American Gladiators was based on this movie. Yeah. I had no idea. My gym teacher in middle school was an American Gladiator. You're kidding. She was Sky. That's wild. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I remember Sky. Yeah. That was your gym teacher? Yeah. Miss oh Timolinsky. That's so that's wild. Wait, we should get her on the show. Uh, I mean, I'll see what, what she's doing. Yes. <laughs> can we get Sky on the show? That'd be amazing. You pull you can totally pull that off. Well, you're a little related to Leonard Nimoy. We have that's cool true. stuff. Actually, yeah, yeah we yeah. do have cool stuff. I although I think it's way more cool that you know <laughs> Sky so from weird. American Gladiators. So this also inspired the Atari video game Smash TV, which was a really big game at the time. Oh, neat. And I got one more for you. I'm TV. sorry. I got a lot yeah. of facts. The uh the leader of the underground. Oh, I know this one. Yep, um, who takes the explosive devices out of their necks and everything. His name is Mick. In the movie, his name is Mick. His real name is Mick Fleetwood, and he is the drummer from Fleetwood Mac. The chain. I love yeah. the chain Isn't so that much. great? It's great. And he makes a He's comment. Good. There's actually like fan, you know, fan lore speculates mm-hmm. that he was actually playing himself in the movie. Yeah. Because when he first meets Ben Richards, he said, so you're the one who locked up all my friends and burned my records or burned my songs or oh, something. So there's like a little sentence that comes after yeah. it that refers to that. And they do a good job about the dystopian reality stuff, the prison with yeah. the neck exploding stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. It feels 
weirdly like this could happen 50 to 100 years from now. Everything about this movie is so Schwarzenegger, right? So yeah. com- Commando. Yeah. Opening opening scene of Commando, what's he got? A giant tree that he's carrying on his shoulder. I was going to say ice cream cone. Opening, yeah. opening, <laughs> opening scene, basically opening scene of The Running Man. He's got a steel girder <laughs> yeah, he's carrying. That's true. And his beard. I love Arnold with a beard. It it's is awesome. Great. This is the only beard, Arnold, right? Six day, I think he has it. Raw, not raw deal. I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have to check my beard chart. I'm not sure. <laughs> my Arnold beard chart. There's great. I mean, there's awesome quotes in this. You know, the Killian. I'll be back. Yeah. This is a great sci-fi movie, and this is another movie just making incredible statements on society. It, it seems it's fun. It's it's very light. It does not take itself seriously. No. At all. You don't like contemplate your reality afterwards. Right. You're absolutely. Like, well, that was a fun ride. All right. Well, I am happy to see Arnold make his way into the list. Max, we're down to our final two. You might be humming with vibrations about how excited you are about this next one. (laughs) Number two. Is this in your top five favorite movies of all time? I really, I talk about this movie a lot. You do. The 1987 cop thriller. (laughs) Robocop. Bum, 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 bum. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. How many how many episodes have I said that on? Six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. What do I what have I said more? Happy birthday, Polly. Oh, happy birthday, Polly. Yeah, or right. how the duck is stupid, or I haven't seen Goonies. Yeah. Those are my those are definitely yeah, my those are go-tos. Director Paul Verhoeven. 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 I worship him. Do you know who, what else he's done? No. Are talk you serious? To me. Talk to me. Okay. What do you got? What do basic you got? instinct. Oh. You serious? Yeah. I didn't know he did basic instinct. No, he did total recall. Oh, total recall. Yeah, Starship. How did I not know this? No, Starship Troopers. See, this is why Robocop's so awesome. Yeah, Hollow Man. So he has this weirdness to him. So no director would take this role because right. they're like, it's silly. It's over the top. Yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. His wife was like, do it as a satire. He goes, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, and well, that's why of, you see the commercials yeah, that are in it. Yeah. And it kind of ended up being his whole career where he's just doing this kind of uh, campy make fun. I, I love it. Happen. Oh, I love it. So uh, Robocop. Yes. In a violent, near apocalyptic Detroit. Evil, <laughs> evil corporation Omni Consumer Products wins a contract from the city government to privatize the police force. To test their crime eradicating cyborgs, the company leads street cop Alex Murphy, played by Peter Weller, into an armed confrontation with crime lord Boddicker. Boddicker! <laughs> Boddicker! You're under arrest! Uh, Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, Clarence. S- Clarence. But when Robocop learns of the company's nefarious plan, he turns on his masters. Dum, dum, dum. Dead or alive. I'm sorry, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> Robocop is not just a special movie because it's an awesome sci-fi movie, but Robocop is, if you live in Michigan, particularly if you're in a suburb of Detroit or close to Detroit, yeah. you love Robocop. About, I think, 2013 or sometime between 2013 and 2016, an online crowdfunding started right. to build a statue of Robocop <laughs> yeah. and put it in Detroit. The statue has been completely built. Yeah. Um, you've never been to the Detroit Science Center, but it's, no. it's really, really cool. It's right by the Detroit Institute of Art. They are going to put it outside the Detroit Science That's Center. That's awesome. That's appropriate. It was slated to go yeah. right before COVID hit. Oh. So now the plans have changed. The statue's sitting, ready to go. In your backyard. I, if you're listening, we're going to find That's who we should have on the show as a guest, is the creator of the statue. <laughs> but yeah, it's an 11 foot tall bronze statue. And, it, and, 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 it, and, and it needs a home. Yeah. If I brought that to my house, <laughs> divorce trish would be like what are you doing i'd be like it's just gonna stay here for a while it's, it's okay. okay it's okay i'd put it right on the front front porch <laughs> oh man that'd be amazing so do you like peter weller's performances for robocop 
I love everything about it. Okay. It's great. So he trained with a professional mime because he knew that the role was going to require almost like a stoicness of yeah. not moving his face. So he like vetted a couple different mimes, found one and trained with him so that he could learn to control his face. That's cool. The suit was so hot and so heavy. Yeah. Uh, the scene where he busts up the, the drug ring and yep. he's basically just shooting everybody up. He's wearing headphones on listening to music inside of it because he <laughs> couldn't hear anything anyways. So it like, got him into like the mood of being like, because he's doing those like no look yeah, yeah. Matt Stafford yeah. passes <laughs> with his gun. The gun itself, the nine millimeter, yeah. they had to get approval from the FBI to even have that weapon in the United States. <laughs> States because it was a fully automatic nine. Like this, as I'm saying these things, yeah. I'm getting so fired up. These are all yeah. just amazing facts. It was what, a million dollar suit. I believe it. And you know, when he's in the car, it was so heavy. They had to take his uh, pants off. So he's just, he's naked from the bottom up. That's awesome. <laughs> well, he's wearing underwear. Ma- naked from the bottom down. Yes. Come on, I, pull it together. I completely screwed that That's up. Right, you got excited. And also he would lose three pounds of sweat a day. Oh, I believe that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Orion, who did this movie, only was able to do it because of the success of Terminator, which was right before it. So they were willing to put the money into it and give it a shot. His mannerisms, this is wild. Robocop's mannerisms, like his overall attitude, was based on Judge Dredd, not the Stallone Judge Dredd, the comic. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know there was a British comic called Judge Dredd. Weller went full method actor. Shut up. Yeah, he told people on set to either refer to him as Murphy or Robo. Get get out of (laughs) here. I kid you not. So did he go home and he's just like, dead or alive, make me some toast. Yeah, pretty much. Of all the things you'd ask someone to make you toast is pretty easy. You don't think he made it on his own, but that's all right. He's in that giant suit. It's hard for him to move around. Oh my God. So can we talk about my favorite scene for a second? Not yet. I got more facts. Okay. I want to give you more and then we'll go to scenes. You ready? I'm sorry. I got some really good ones. Are we doing ED 209? It received an X rating nine times. Yeah, submitted 12 times. That's to, a lot. To get an R rating. Eight times. It's eight times. Eight times. This eight. Nine times. Nine times. <laughs> uh, yeah, because of how gory it was and violent, uh, which is nuts. And yeah, do you know the machine gun scene? You know, it's like rapid fire. You only see them for a second at a time. Yep, yep. It's because the machine guns are malfunctioning that they couldn't. They oh, that's couldn't, funny. They couldn't I did anyone for more than three seconds. Do you know what this beat in the theaters? <laughs> What? Jaws the Revenge. You love bringing up Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> I do because it's terrible. Uh, okay, my last fact. There is a commercial. You need to find it. Go on to YouTube. The 6,000 Sucks? No. The Korean fried chicken commercial with RoboCop. RoboCop is in a Korean fried chicken commercial. Okay, I thought you were talking about the commercials in the movie. No, the commercials in the movie are great, but yeah. you need to find the Korean fried chicken commercial. Okay. Okay, I finished my facts. Let's go to favorite scenes. What are, what are some of your favorite scenes? There's a lot. I love this movie okay. so much. Nightmare Fuel. Emil, the toxic waste death. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> He's got the Stallone like dragging off his nails. If you look at his hands, yeah, his fingers are peeling off oh, the skin, so there's bones. It's the worst, yeah. And he almost has this kind of octopus hunchback look to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the Clarence hits him with the six thousand sucks. Yeah, yeah. He just everywhere. becomes paste. I mean, do you know who that guy is? By the way, it's Paul McCrane. He's Montgomery from Fame. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He's great in this movie. He's great too. in this movie. Like, oh, they're all great. So it's so bizarre that he's. He's so hateable, but you still feel bad for him when the toxic waste stuff happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So. And we talked about the other character uh, that I mentioned, the old man who played Grig. Yeah. Grieg? Why am I mispronouncing his name? Grig. Griggs. Martin Riggs? Yeah, that's what I want to say. <laughs> from, uh, from the last uh, Starfighter. Yeah, I mean, Clarence Boddicker. Yeah. I mean, Red. Red. Evil Red. I know. Yeah. Remember remember way back when, our first episode, when I confused uh, all these characters? Was with totally Ironside? Called? You yeah. won. You won. Do you know Ironside was almost considered to be Robocop? Really? Yeah, he was the second choice. All right, I could have seen that. Yeah, it would have worked fine. Yeah, it would have worked. Yeah. yeah. No, Wellers was great. I mean, yeah. I, I loved him in this. This whole movie is just the best. I, I just, I love it. Yeah. You know, Ronnie Cox from Beverly Hills Cop is the evil corporate dude. In this yeah, movie? Dick yeah. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, which is kind of wild because it's so 
different, you know, personalities. Yeah. Like, but he's still, got range. yeah, yeah. Oh, he, I, Beverly Hills Cop, especially Beverly Hills Cop too. He was great yeah. when he got shot, and he wasn't really doing much for the rest of the episode. But um, yeah, Dick Jones, man, and the old man. So what? What? Why do you love this movie so much? I don't know, man. Yeah. I think this is. I just saw this at like an inappropriately young age. That's yeah. probably why. Okay, so and I thought like, it was great. I was like, yeah, oh my god, look at all this murder and. Have your kids seen it? And no, I don't let my kids watch R-rated movies. No, no not one, not what's, ever. What's gonna be the first one? Probably Predator. Yes. Probably when Reese is like fourteen or fifteen, maybe I'll That's let her watch way it. Too late. <laughs> Having this conversation with you, they're gonna they're gonna YouTube it. Eventually. They're not gonna YouTube it. They have kids YouTube on their devices. They can't watch that kind of stuff. Okay. Before we get to our number one, why don't we take a quick break for some ads? Yeah. Yeah. Robocop ads. Robocop ads. Dead or alive. Buy this. Clarence, run the ads. <laughs> Buzz in the Towers brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. And I can tell you that if you're sitting at a table across from a guy who has to go to the bathroom every 25 minutes, True. you're going to get arthritis, you're going to get muscle soreness, psoriasis. Um, Capsiva is all Sorry. natural. It's okay. <laughs> Capsiva is all natural and designed to increase blood flow for the healing and pain relief process. Uh, try it for free at capsiva.com. That's C A P S I V A.com. And uh, you know, Max, I'm an old man and I need this kind of stuff. It works. It's, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, it's like Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. You know what I mean? It's, you feel revitalized. It, that's exactly what it's like. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Lindsay Larravee Photography. Uh, if you have checked out our website, hopefully you have. You've seen the amazing photos that were put up there. Lindsay, so good. Yeah, Lindsay and her team did all of those. She teased my hair. She was, she was fun to work with. Uh, just made the whole experience really exciting for us. She has been taking photos of families, children, and smiles in Metro Detroit since 2017. Um, she loves what she does, and it shows. She works with her clients, catches everything in the moment, and adores watching the connections and relationships unfold in front of her lens. If you mention Buzz in the Tower, you get $25 off any family session in 2021. You can find Lindsay on our website under our sponsors page. Uh, check her up and get some work done. She is fantastic. Yeah, she made us look good. She can make anyone look good. And with the ads out of the way, we are rounding out part two of our favorite 80s sci-fi movies, and we are ready to list the consensus number one. You and I both, without even second thought, put this as our number one. This was how we started the list. Right. So a little bit of the process, because I think, you know, a little peek behind the scenes, You right? love this stuff. You, like, you want to show people the blueprints. I want people to know the time and energy we put into this. We debate back and forth on the initial list. And maybe at some point we should try to do an open debate on the show, but I think people would get tired of me telling you that you're wrong. Yeah. I kind of, I bulldoze over you. I throw out 99 you. ideas. You get like, I get one good one and you're like, that's good. And then the rest of them, you just, you know, through. it's not that bad, but whatever. 75%. Um, yeah. Know. Something like that. But on this one, there was no debate. I mean, this was, this is my favorite sci-fi movie. I would actually, I'm trying to think like outside of the eighties, some of my favorite sci-fi movies. Like I love the matrix. I mean, the matrix always holds like a sweet spot. For Arrival. Me. Arrival's me. good. Yeah. I wouldn't put it as one of my favorites. It's a really good. Close Encounters of the Third Kind might be. One of my favorite sci-fi movies too. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. But for the 80s, for sure, this is my favorite sci-fi movie. Yeah. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. 1986, directed and written by James Cameron, Aliens. This time it's war. This movie's fantastic. It's perfect. It's really, really good. Yeah. This movie picks up where the previous movie ends. So in, 57 years later. Yeah, 57 years later. So in Alien, Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver, survives yep and she goes into cryo freeze cryo sleep they call it I same think. thing whatever yeah. she floats around for 57 years yep a salvage team by dumb luck finds her 
Two that year, 2,179. Yep. They bring her back. They listen to her insane story about these xenomorphs yeah. and face suckers Just and everything else. In, inside humans. They then inform her that this horrific place that she was just at that had all these eggs and then one got back onto her ship where yeah. all the eggs were has now been colonized. Yeah. They're terraforming the planet. Yep. And they decide that they're going to ignore her story until they try to reach out to the colony and nobody's answering. The Ironically, phone. it happens like right then. Right. They then decide we're going to take this person who has severe PTSD and is almost murdered and send her with a bunch of Marines yep. back to the scene of the crime to find out what's going on. And that my friend leads to the best sci-fi movie of the 1980s. It's got Marines. It's got guns. It's got survival. It's got wet aliens. And it's got a forklift that's also like a bio suit. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, cool. which is the coolest thing ever. It's it's a fight. I mean, it goes from the first movie, which is just really one alien terrorizing all of them, to now them fighting multiple aliens. It's the best of the franchise. It's better than the first one. First one's different. First one's horror. Right. Yeah. Well, first one was... Uh, Quiet for the first time. What's his face? Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Thank yeah. you. The first one was such a success. They said, let's go make a second one. So they grabbed James Cameron and said, go write it, go direct it, and let's make it. You know the crew hated him, though? Hated him. Because they were just like Ridley Scott disciples. Yeah. And he tried to show him. He's like, look, I know what I'm doing. And he wanted to show them all Terminator. No one showed up. They just knew him as the guy who directed Piranhas 2 with the spawning. Piranhas 2. Have you seen that? I have not. I've seen to, Piranhas 1. How we need to like live stream watch that. Wait, you've seen one? I have seen one. Is it good? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a classic horror film. Okay, cool. I'll yeah, you'd like it. Yeah. Okay, so Sigourney Weaver plays Ripley. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Henn plays Newt, the little girl that she finds on the colony, which is kind of wild because this is her first and only acting debut ever. Like, she never did anything after this. She showed up to some of the premieres and Comic-Cons, but she never has done any acting outside of this one movie. Well, no, you're wrong. In 2020, she was a union worker on the classic film Thunder Island. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> well, there you go. Her only other acting credit would be but that then. The reason they picked her was because all the other kid actors were polished mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, bright smiles, you know, they can like dance around like real actors. She was just a real girl. Yeah. And she's just like, eh. yeah, there you go. She's Let's good. She's great. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. Uh, Michael Bean as Corporal Hicks. Oh, so good. Paul Reiser as Burke. And yeah. this he's perfect in this role. They picked him specifically because nobody would have thought of him as being a bad guy, right? Yeah. Like he had this lovable personality. So it was great to see the kind of character arc switch and him becoming the horrible corporate dude. I love his suits too. <laughs> What is that crazy? Like he does. He does. He does. Hey. Oh my God. Um. Let's see. Who else do we? Bill have Paxton. Here? Oh, I haven't gotten to Bill Paxton okay. yet. Lance Hendrickson Ooh, as Bishop. Okay. Bishop's great. Bishop's the best. So he is the best. I will argue until I'm dead that Aliens has the best robot synthetic idea of like what they should be in reality. It's just I love the, how gooey they are. I know that's a weird thing. To no, say. no, no. But even their personality, I agree with you. Because you can't really trust them. They act ninety percent human, and then they have these twitches, and you're not sure who they're being controlled by. Right. right. And the actors that play them, Michael Fassbender, Ian Holm, yep, and Lance, are just fantastic. They're perfect. They play great. Can we talk about the knife scene, or, or is it later? No, go hop into the knife uh, scene. Okay. So this is. <laughs> I think this is my favorite scene in movie history. So I could watch the knife trick every day until I'm dead. Absolutely every day. So. <laughs> They're just like, hey, Bishop, do the thing, you know, when they're at the commissary yep, eating. Yep. And he's like, oh, come on, please don't make me do it. You know, which is a weird reaction for a robot that he's kind of nervous about sure. it. But he's commanded to, picks the knife up, does this flip thing that no one can do. You know what I mean? It's like this little like flick he of the He spins it. Yeah, he spins, spins it on the tip of the knife. Then, and then he back flips it back into his hand and he just looks at him and goes, trust me. <laughs> and, and I guess Bill Paxton didn't know they were going to put his hand on top of Lance's. Like that was uh, on so the his spot. his response was his like response legitimate. Was real. The, uh, <laughs> so Lance nailed it on the first take, 
And he's like, good, I don't have to do that again. You know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Went out drinking that night. The next day, they're like, we got to reshoot. <laughs> so he did it again, and he nicked Bill pa- Paxson's pinky. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. But just the confidence, the weirdness, and kind of the camaraderie of the military guys, too, that they're all just kind of cheering him on. They're all friends, but they kind of hate each other, too. I just, there's something uniquely weird about this scene. Is there anything else like it? I can't think of anything. No, I, but I also think you're, you get a feel. It's one of those scenes that introduces the attitude and personality of the team. Yeah. Like I'm a big fan of those scenes. Like even, even thinking about predator, right. When they're all in the chopper Yeah. and you're getting to learn about the characters by just how they react to certain things, whether it's Billy putting the makeup on or sure. whether it's Hawkins telling inappropriate jokes. Yeah. Like <laughs> the makeup, sorry. <laughs> all the military people are like, yeah, thanks. MG. It's not makeup. Um, no, but I agree with you. It's, it's a great scene. It's fun. I mean, plus again, do they just speed up the table? I assume that's how they do the fast. I don't think so. Yeah, they had to. <laughs> I think that's it. So the reason you love the scene is because you real. foolishly yeah. think it's real. No, yeah. they had to speed it up. For and you sure. know they filmed these scenes last, so the camaraderie between the military people felt real. I did not. Yeah, so that's just another James Cameron secret. So you mentioned Bill Paxton, who has so has the most memorable Life. line. Yeah, I mean. He was in all these, like, he was in Top Gun. He was one of the air traffic controllers. Only man to be killed by the Terminator, an alien, and a predator. That's right. So let's share that because people, it's funny. We've said that before, and I've gotten questions about that. So Terminator, Bill yep. Paxton. He's a cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, right at with the, the Night Slasher. Yep. He's hanging out with the Night Slasher from uh, Cobra. From Cobra, yeah. Yep. So Bill Paxton gets killed by the Terminator in Terminator. Yep. He gets killed by the Predator in Predator 2. Yep. He's uh, got that like bouncy ball and he's in the, the the train or whatever, the subway tram. Right. And then obviously Alien. Yeah. He gets killed by the Alien. So cool. Uh, He's great. The game over line was improvised. <laughs> so cool. And he he's so awful. Like, he, yeah. but, like, he, like he's realistic, right? Yeah. Awful but realistic. Just that you know? meathead alpha, but like when things go to crap, he's like, I want to get out of here, man. So we've talked about in when we did our Predator episode, we talked about how a prequel called like Blaine and Mac would be incredible. Yeah. I would love to see this crew. Oh, yeah. Like forget the alien piece of it. Just get them all together. Like the relationship between Vasquez and uh, Drake, who's played by Mark Rolston, who you were saying he was in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, right? he's Boggs. Yeah, yeah. Their relationship is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, like I, he's just like when they're testing out the guns together, <laughs> they're doing the uh, pull ups. Yeah, they're the best. They're the best. Vasquez. Uh, so Vasquez is played by Jeanette Goldstein or Goldstein. She is also the mom in Terminator 2, yeah. the, the adopted foster mom. Oh, yeah. And she's also the woman in Lethal Weapon. Remember the remember the whole crew and they all get killed independently one by one in Lethal Weapon 2? Yeah, yeah. She's one of the, she's the female cop in Lethal Weapon 2. God, I love Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Isn't it great? It's a perfect action movie. It is a really good action movie. There's all this crossover. We've talked about this before. Anyways, let's get back to Aliens. The crew is just so cool. Yeah. I mean, you know the guy that leads them? You know, Sergeant Apone? Yeah, yeah. In real life. Cigar smoking guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. great. Let's go, ladies. <laughs> yeah. In real life, Al Matthews was the first African-American sergeant in the Vietnam War. He, ha- that's awesome. Because you feel it. You I know? Like yeah. he's, he's got that like, he, loves he, the he seemed authentic. Yeah. He seemed very authentic. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, God, Max. I mean, I Facehuggers right. freak me out. Let's go. Let's go into a couple more fun facts, and we'll talk about the movie. Okay. So he was. I think I mentioned this. James Cameron got approached to do this, but it's interesting. The first one he wrote wasn't all that good. Oh really? Uh, yeah. He, the first time he wrote it, and then there ended up being some big delays. Because remember the gap between these two movies? Seven years. Was seven years. So he refined the hell out of this movie. Yeah. I mean, he got it to where he wanted it to be. When he was doing Terminator, mm. he was using it as a test run for Aliens. Really? Yeah. So in his mind, no one was ever going to see Terminator. Shut up. His quote, this is his quote. I was thinking of Terminator as a movie no one would see so I could work on some of the things that I would use on Aliens. 
That's cool. So that's part of the reason that he feels that this movie was so perfect and so well done and it, everybody loves it is because when he was doing scenes in Terminator, he's like, oh yeah, the crawling through the combine piece, that would look good in Aliens. He was basically doing a dry run for Aliens. Oh, wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And also he did financial tricks too. Like he didn't have enough money to get everything done. So they used a lot of miniatures for all the spaceships and whatnot. Yep. And also... The hibernation chambers, they didn't have enough money for him, so he used mirrors to make them look like they were doubled. Do you know that during the time that he was writing Aliens, he also helped co-write uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2? Oh, I do know that, yeah. <laughs> Another wild fact, uh, more on the financial side, but Sigourney Weaver was only paid thirty dollars to $35,000 for the first Alien and a million for Aliens. Good for her. Yeah. The glow up. Oh, she carried both movies. She's Academy fantastic. Award, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, for the first one, right? Oh, no, no, you're right. You're right, yeah, for the one. Aliens. Yeah, you we talked about it. I always bring that up. Yeah. I forget <laughs> it, yeah. So let's talk about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, man. Sigourney Weaver didn't want to use a gun. So she fought with James Cameron about this and James Cameron's like, no, you need to. So yeah. he took her to the range and convinced her. And I guess she like enjoyed the process of using it. But oh, when she's learning how to use the gun with Bean, with oh Bean, my God, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm a fast learner. It's like, yeah, the subtle romance that exists between the two of them. Oh, like yeah. the chemistry is great, man. I mean, think about it, right? Like Sigourney Weaver, she's floating for 57 years yep. and she had her all, everyone she knows wiped out by this race of aliens and boom, she's right back in there yeah. with Marines, like in that, uh, Batman like tank that they have. But she she was going to go back anyways. I mean, you see how she was sweating at night. She wasn't going to keep doing that. I don't know, man. Maybe yeah, her so? nightmares, her, her nightmares. That's oh, a, my God. The alien going through her stomach. And that's the thing, too, is like the, the whole beginning of this movie. There's some there's such a commitment to the story, right? Yeah. They don't just hop right into all of this action. Like, it's, no, it's like an hour 15 before we really see. The alien, yeah. Right? And, and yeah. like she's, you know, she's be doing the debriefing. She's yelling at all. I the, love that scene. The, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's great when she's like yelling at all the bureaucrats. Yeah. Then Burke is convincing her and working with her. And then he like, where's the HIPAA? He knows yeah. all of her like medical background yeah. and like she's applied for jobs and won't get them. Oh, and when he lets it slip that there's a synthetic on board, it's like, oh, I thought you knew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> conveniently <laughs> forgot that. And then again, I, I just love like a good group of Marines, right? Yeah. Like whether again we use Predators example, but there's other movies that have it as well. But the, the Rock, the Rock, getting them all together, they just get roasted. I mean, yeah. they're all they all think they're tough, and then boom, they're in there. Well, they're in the building for 20 <laughs> minutes and they're gone. Yeah. They're all done. Even just small things like knowing that there's a reactor in there and they have to take away the type of ammunition they're using. Yeah. And I love that they have the newbie lieutenant or sergeant or whatever oh, his rank it's is. The second time. Yeah. And it gets knocked out cold. <laughs> I, it, there's there's so many fun elements to this movie and just the action's incredible. The aliens. Let's talk about the aliens. The queen alien oh that's yeah. laying the eggs. The other aliens that they cover so much of the ceiling that you can't even tell and yeah. then all of a sudden the whole ceiling starts moving. So you go from alien where you have one of these to now you have like hundreds, right? Yeah. The cocooned, oh half God. dead yeah, yeah, yeah. family members. Yeah. They're they're like just purple. Oh, like kind of alive. Aliens is the perfect sci-fi movie, right? The face huggers just get me every freaking. Oh, time. it's the best. It's the best. I mean, Stan Winston knows how to get into your nightmares. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Ma mandibles. Oh my God. <laughs> so the the interesting thing is too, if you ever see the alien. When he's just hanging out, like in a suit, uh -huh. it's not that scary ever. It's like right. they need to like mask him, make him wet or it wet, yeah. xenomorph. Yeah, yeah, and it's incredible how something so not scary when you just turn the lights on can be so terrifying it's, in these movies. The, you know what I mean, like the, the, the camera angles, the shots, yeah. everything. Yeah, the totally. goo. Yeah, I the mean, goo's big. Oh my god, the acid. Yeah, whoever thought of that? Anything without eyes always freaks me out. Yeah, too, that you can't see the eyes. You the don't mouth know inside the mouth. Uh. I, and this movie is an example how sometimes a movie can be so good. This is what I call the uh, Return of the Jedi syndrome. Empire Strikes Back was so good that you forgave Return of the Jedi yeah. for its misgivings. You like Aliens 3? 
Yeah, all of them. Really? Every Aliens movie, like I'll always enjoy to a certain degree and watch it. And, and it's unfortunate. Although the newer ones, the Alien Covenant and like- Yeah, Prometheus was good. Uh, Prometheus I thought was good. Yeah. Although that did not get a lot of- got It was weird. Poorly. It was, it was weird. super weird. Yeah. Resurrection's my favorite. So oh, Winona Ryder and Ron Perlman. Resurrection. <laughs> that human alien, <laughs> like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes in the hospital room yeah. and they're just like, oh, uh, yeah, that's that's- <laughs> You would like that movie. <laughs> Our number one pick, Aliens, uh, for good reason. James Cameron. I mean, what do we have? James Cameron for... We had a couple repeats, right? We had James yeah. Cameron for The Abyss and for Aliens. Yeah, and then you had John Carpenter. Yeah, we had Carpenter for They Live and Escape from New York. Escape from New York. So I was going to ask, can we do a James Cameron versus... John Carpenter, 80s battle. I mean, we can do whatever you want. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? I'll put it on your list. We'll talk about it. Who do you ride for? Oh, wow. I go Carpenter. Easy. I, You're I, more of a Cameron guy. I, right? You sip us some coffee? The problem, the problem I have is like, I would say Carpenter has more films that I overall like. No, how could I even say that? It has to be Cameron. Aliens and The Abyss are two of my favorite and movies. And Terminator, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do, argue uh, First Blood, too. Part yeah. Two. yeah, yeah. Part, so it'd be a part fun two. fight. It'd be a fun fight. I don't know if it'd be fun. I just answered it. We just had the show. No. The whole show's over. Carpenter rules. Your idea's done. But forget our ideas for a second. Why don't we see what our Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight has to say with their favorite 80s sci-fi movie. This week's Buzz in the Tower Spotlight is Ryan, and you can find him on Instagram. His handle is at 80s Cinemas, 80SCINEMAS. I took the time to spell it out, Max, because this is another special one. He's incredible. He takes all of the existing films, video games, wrestling, and he kind of puts them in a framing of being in a theater. And he has these great reels. And yeah. he is more than worth checking out on Instagram. And like old school ads. Yeah. Like video game clips. It's insane. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, He's so, all over the map. Like we can barely handle movies. Yeah. He's got the whole 80s. He, uh, it's so funny because it's almost like our brains are just programmed to soak this stuff up because like, mm. this is another one of those Instagram accounts where I'm just, I'm thumbing through it. And then like 40 minutes later, I'm like, man, I've been, I, I hope I don't, are you ever get nervous? You're going to accidentally like something from like six years ago and they're going to think you're stalking them. Yeah. Yeah. But M mostly that's ex-girlfriends. But in yeah, this case, it's no, I'm not afraid. Everything's like four <laughs> years old. Oh man. He's got like 70,000 followers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I understand why. Yeah, I love yeah. I love his stuff. It's great. I know. We asked Ryan to let us know what his favorite sci-fi movie from the era is, and here's his answer. My favorite 80s sci-fi movie besides Back to the Future is the 1988 cult classic film They Live, starring WWE Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David. Why it's my favorite? I was a huge WWF fan when I was a kid. You know, within the glory days of Hulk Hogan... Hulkamania and Rowdy Roddy Piper and his bad guy persona and Piper's pit. So Piper being a professional wrestler and being in this movie grabbed my interest for sure. And the story, it makes you wonder, you know? Not the fact that a pair of special sunglasses can make us really see aliens, but the concept is cool. Plus this movie features like the longest fight scene in movie history at five minutes and 20 seconds. But yeah, I'd have to go with They Live as my favorite 80s sci-fi film of all time way ahead of its time. I mean, how can you argue with that pick? Yes, it, wrestling. It made it made our list. The fight scene, come on. You know, it's funny. Can we talk about it more? No. <laughs> but we're not doing like an eight-minute recap of the eight-minute fight scene. Keith David. But he did bring up something that we didn't talk a ton about. I, I grew up watching 
Hogan, Piper, the Iron Sheik. Like I, it's, I remember being interested in this movie for that reason. And that reason alone. Yeah. I mean, you're too young. You don't, you don't know what it's no, like. I'm like the rock. You don't like, you don't know what it's gold. like. See, how can you don't even know what it's like to see Hogan walking out to, I am a real American. I like Thunderlips in Rocky three. Oh God. Thunderlips. He was seven feet tall. Quote he was unquote. big. He was big. Uh, all right. Well, great pick. They live is fantastic, which is why we listed it on there. And Max, that wraps up the sheer. Um, let's recap quickly what our picks were. Let's do it. So we hit our top five, which was starting at number five the abyss then moving to uh, kind of love abyss. <laughs> moving to uh star trek to the wrath of god oh the intro is so good so good uh the running man robocop and finishing it out with our consensus number one aliens aliens Great movie. It's a good list. Very good, good list. job. As we conclude, a couple reminders. You know, I want to again mention what an amazing job Neon Noir Productions did on that intro reel before our YouTube video. So if you've not seen any of our YouTube videos, we've only got two up right now, but go to our website, buzzinthetower.com, and click on the YouTube link or search Buzz in the Tower on YouTube and you'll find the videos. But they did an awesome job. The production team helped us. And then my brother in law, Austin, took it from there. And the two of them combined, it was the Voltron of power. I watched it every night before I go to bed. Of it's course like you my do. Nightlight. It's totally normal. So if you're not, <laughs> yeah, you, that explains why you have so many views uh, as nobody else is seeing it right now. Uh, in addition to that, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, yeah. follow on Spotify, that leave too. reviews at Buzz in the Tower on all social media and yeah, Max, tell your friends too. Tell your friends. Tell your friends' friends. Yeah. Kevin Bacon, seven degrees. Find <laughs> everyone. Degrees. Yeah, whatever. I Six, seven, nose. 12 degrees. Mm. Max, any sci-fi concluding thoughts? Live long and listen to podcasts. That's uh, that's okay, I guess. Uh, uh, what do I have? We use game over already. <laughs> we did do. We've done all the cool yeah, ones. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, you know what? I don't fight, ca- fight. I, I don't care if I've done this before. I'll do it again. Right. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. It doesn't work. I love it. Why are they? Where are they going? Okay, with you? fine. Dead or alive, you're listening to our podcast. That works. There we go. Yeah, that was so yeah. cheesy, though. You, I like cheese. Max, say goodbye. Who doesn't like cheese? Say goodbye, Max. Goodbye, Max. <laughs> See you next week. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.